We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Uh, hi, can can you hear me? I hope you can hear me. Uh, I know we said this a couple weeks ago, and we thought we were through the madness. Yeah, no kidding. But this podcast yeah. changeover has proven to be um, problematic, especially yes. specifically yes. related to iTunes. And if you're listening to this, you're probably not listening to it on iTunes yet, and we are apologizing to you. Yeah, for sure. For because sure. A, a large percentage of our audience, and myself included, if I want to listen to my own podcast, I listen through iTunes. It's so, quality control. It's, it's it really is, about the sure. quality control check. Here's the thing I want everybody to know that's listening. We are in the process of changing over the podcast. We are trying to do something that didn't happen the last time, and that is we don't want your phone to blow up with 400 episodes. So we are yes. trying to offset that reality. And with iTunes, that's proving difficult. We're trying to dodge that bullet for all of you and for us. And so it's involving Podcast One and us and iTunes all having a conversation. It's like listening to monoliths talk to each other. It's taking some time. <laughs> and Apple tech support. It's it's about the, yes. the Apple ID ownership and transfer of the accounts so yeah, we can so actually keep all the ratings and reviews that we have asked yes, for from for you sure, guys that sure. you have generously given to us. And it's about keeping those and not, as Todd and said, not bombing your phone. You know, both you, at the your same podcast time. app has all these, you know, what the heck, you yeah. know, it just blew up and that means we had to break the account. That might still happen, but for those of you listening on other platforms right yeah. now, thank you for finding us. You've you've kind of redirected. It's like when, sure, the, you sure, know, sure. there's a dam, something blocking the flow, the water goes around and just keeps going somehow. But I'm, thank you guys for doing that. Thank you for finding us on all the totally, other podcast totally. apps, including Spotify. Yeah. We are on Anchor FM mm-hmm. and the latest news as of this point is that Anchor FM and Gimlet Media have been acquired by by Spotify. So <laughs> things, we are now on things we didn't know a week ago, by <laughs> exactly. the way. Yeah. This is all brand new territory. It just kind of all hit at once. So thank you for just staying with us through the madness. But I am confident things will settle out within the next week. I mean, this we're, is we're podcast making some 372. Yeah. By, I'm going to make a prediction by 375, this is all sorted. That's farther Good. along let's than I would like. I'd normal. like it to be done more than that. But, but and you let's guys, start reaching more people, you too. You guys are awesome, and yeah. this is the beginning of even further growth, and I cannot believe how much growth has happened in this podcast in four-plus years. And so this is allowing us to go further and to reach more of you guys. You guys engage like crazy. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. For seeking it out when we've even had this problem has been cool. So yeah. we will keep yeah. informing you on social media. We'll keep informing you here. If you're not listening on your platform of choice, we ask for your patience over the next week or so as we hopefully get this officially I was hot before the yeah, podcast were, started. I was really hot. Strangle somebody. This. Yes, exactly. I was typing an email. And Paul was like, stop typing so hard. I was like, am I typing hard? The table is like being crushed like, through the keyboard into the table, breaking everything. They're going to get my email. That's like, really what's going to happen. I They're can hear get my the email. vitriol yeah. coming out of there. But yeah, it's... it's <laughs> You know when you want to strangle big corporations, you know, mm-hmm. from the help support standpoint, yeah. and they just give you the the standard like, hmm, that seems to be this problem. I'll just drop the standard reply and turn yes. to page 92. If you <laughs> think this is the problem, drop this reply and yes, it exactly. should be good. Like, no, no, please engage with me. Yeah, please please read the yeah. email we sent you before you exactly. respond with something that doesn't answer the question. Exactly. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. We have two great exactly. car debates coming up, some discussions about various things. We've got uh, RF writing to us from Texas, and we've also got uh, Greg writing to us from Canada. Many, many questions. Uh, by the way, we had a YouTube video dropped today, the day we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> you should have heard Todd just before we started, because if you haven't seen the new format, it's the new Fast Blast format. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially a stream of consciousness. It's a little like a mini podcast, only we've got cameras plugged in mm-hmm. while we're driving. And it's kind of I mean, we had some fun. It's we were, it's a podcast we mixed were, with a car We snarked review. it up just it's fine. Car it's very much this interplay that you and I do, but with video and driving. And so far, it's yeah. played pretty well, and you guys have responded well. And thank you. Because, I mean, honestly, it's a total – it's an experiment for us as we're, well. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to doing this with more uh, cars here in this yeah. coming calendar year. And this is – by the way, this is an offshoot of other things we're doing. We're still doing produce stuff. We're still doing TV. Yeah. All of that is continuing. This is just essentially simple content of all kinds of cars for YouTube. And right, we just right. went out and tried it with this Forester that we got. And, and I said to Paul, I said, the ultimate <laughs> result is it's like, it's like sweetness and light and cellos and chihuahuas. And if you haven't seen the piece, that makes no sense to you, but uh, that's where we means you're going to have to go watch it. So when you do, you will see me explain that this is podcast research. So when when the car is driving, it's not necessarily the cars that we might choose. Wow, we'll make a TV episode out of that, or we'll make a, a full thing or a film or whatever. But we need to know what these cars drive like, too, because 
we're talking to you about them. For sure. We're for recommending sure. things. Yeah. And these yeah, are yeah. cars that we all have to drive and have in our lives because of family needs or space or whatever that is or commuting. We want to know what these drive like, too. Well, and what's great is we can put any car we want in this format of any kind. Mm-hmm. It'll be, by and large, it'll be new cars. Depending on the car, car will depend on the level of snark coming yes. out of us. Yes, Who knows what we'll say? Just- but this is the other thing about it. It's an uncut stream of consciousness thing. You and I just climbed in the car and went, let's drive a Forester. So this will be fun to do going forward. Thank you for those of you that have responded to it already. Uh, Allison wrote to us on, mm. I think it was Facebook, and oh, asked where the Watches, Whiskey, and Design podcast is. So I'm laying that at your feet, Paul, and saying that has to happen at some point. I secretly reserve the Watches, Whiskey, and Design URL. Not and, so secretly anymore. And the, yeah. the Instagram, I have not done anything with it. It's just a placeholder. I don't know when and how and if I can get to it. Because, you know, it's just time. It's just time. It, it's just sitting there for now. Love it. Love it. And we'll see. But yes, many of you have written with watch questions, and I want to answer them, but maybe I have to save that for the other things. The so actual we'll watches-related podcast I, I will not so. listen to. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I love you desperately, but I, I, I just <laughs> don't care. Way, I really don't I know. care. <laughs> By the way, I did. You and I were talking about filmmaking the other day because yes. you and I went to see a film in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm, we did. And we got to talking about your potential upcoming podcast about yes. screenwriting and filmmaking and how you want to do a 20-episode series on James Cameron. <laughs> and I think you should because you're, you're, you're blurring the light a bit. Brilliant. But I, I, but I, ha- I will have you know, I tied that into watches because, mm-hmm, side note, there was a special Rolex watch yes. dedicated yes. to his dive in the Mariana Trench that had the face had the gradient from dark blue all the way to black as if you're uh-huh. descending into the depths. And Rolex yeah. made this as a special edition. It was an oversized watch. I really want it. It was like $12,000. It's really cool, but it celebrated his exploration of the depths of filmmakers. So watches yeah. and filmmaking it's totally relate. We, we've, we've had a discussion, obviously, about Paul doing that podcast and me doing a film and story podcast. And I will say I will say two things at once here. First off, know that both of us would like to do those podcasts individually. They're separate podcasts. That, that <laughs> yeah. Both of us would not be on those. Paul right, would have his right. whiskey and design podcast. I'd have my story podcast. Doesn't mean we wouldn't have other co-hosts. Right, right. We're interested. It's just the reality of we need to have more time in our life right now, and at the moment we aren't Gosh. structured for, for more. But we are looking at is this possible? I wouldn't do a twenty episode thing on Jim Cameron, but I could go for a while. But I do I have to say, brief side note. Ponder this reality. Hmm. There's been like two or three humans on the planet that have been to the bottom of the Marianas Trench, which is the deepest part of the ocean. And one of them is a filmmaker that makes blockbuster movies. That's weird. <laughs> That's just weird. And super cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the guy's yeah. amazing. This is what happens when you get like money and hobbies. I've got money. I've got a new <laughs> hobby. no hobbies. Yeah. Anyway. Like, no, he, now that, these are his hobbies. Anyway, yeah. Let's build a sub. I'll fund it personally. Sure, and then roll. Oh, you want to build a watch? This sure. Is, this is not the world we live in. The world we live in is actually cars. Uh, let's let's talk about RF. Can we do that? Can we find yes, a hot we hash? should. We should. We should jump in. There's a couple quick things that I do want to do. Okay, and that is thank our television sponsors. Definitely, Covercraft Definitely. and Gria's Garage, guys. You can use the code every day at both companies to get 10% off your order. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys. Completely. Both companies, they are the companies bringing our TV seasons to This life. is the reason TV exists. This is the reason season four happened. Yes. And actually, speaking of season four, happy Friday, if you're listening to this on the Friday that it mm-hmm. came out. Tomorrow is Saturday on the Motor Trend channel, that Motor Trend cable channel used to be Velocity. That is the world premiere of the Cayman Generations episode. Yeah. Which is very, very cool. Totally. So we're excited about that one. I am, uh, let's See, I am in episode five of seven of the editorial, mm-hmm. and that is episode two of seven that is playing. It gives you a sense of where I am, and but that's coming right. out. It's going to be. It's actually a really good one. It, it, it was a great day shooting wise. Actually, Andrew, we should we should call him out. Oh Dan yes, Patton asked this question. Yeah, yeah. I want to respond to you real quick, Andrew. Uh, you happen to be with us. We shot the Cayman piece. After our Utah meetup, it was the next couple of days, mm-hmm. and Andrew was still in town for some, so he kind of hung, hung out uh, with us, which is very cool. He had a uh, Turoed. Audi R8 that he was thoroughly enjoying on the road <laughs> yeah. we were on. That's not, in, that's not in the Cayman piece. So but cool. I will say this. You asked about behind-the-scenes stuff of that episode. If you have some that you want to post, you're welcome to post it. I would just ask, wait until the episode has aired. Right, right. And then at that point, you're welcome to. Obviously, those of you that don't see it on cable, you'll see some of those behind the scenes before you see the episode. Uh, of course, you won't know our conclusions unless you see the episode. So that's <laughs> the good thing. But that's my uh, my 
response to that on there. And then it'll all come to Amazon Prime. So the of entire course. season, Vimeo, all yep, the episodes. Absolutely. So that'll come to Amazon Prime for those of you who don't have the Motor Trend Network and don't have cable. It's totally fine because the season will make it out. Mm-hmm. We promise. That'll but be Hulu out. and PlayStation View and other places, That's you true. can get that uh, Motor Trend channel in some of the streaming outlets as well. Arif Arif, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, so we apologize. You are out in Austin, Texas, writing to us with a hot hatch versus sports car debate. Mm-hmm. And he has been watching the YouTube channel and he's been listening to the podcast for over six years. Holy cow. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. So he says, uh, he drops a y'all in here. Did you see that? Mm, I did. Clearly from Texas. Everything's better when it's got a y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All y'all. All y'all is the worst. <laughs> that is, say. yes. Yeah, that is that is the plural of a plural, by I, the way. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't, don't know understand. what. I've never understood at what <laughs> level of group you have to have before an all y'all is warranted. And I'm a Texan. Cause, right. Because y'all already establishes this is a plural. This is a group. Right. So all y'all, it's got to be at least a busload. It has to be. <laughs> but, but you hear all y'all referred to like two of you. It's like there's not enough of us in this room to, to warrant an all y'all. Uh, okay, so is there, is there a it. cutoff? Do you learn there that? Sh- there should be. The, when you grow see, up in Texas, is that part of the education? This has not been clarified, but my point is that it should be. Because like, words matter. Junior high, high school, and where all do you learn y'all, this? <laughs> well, y'all just exist. But huh. all y'all should have a, a base number. Maybe it's like kindergarten, like we're learning all the basics, and then now today is about y'all. We're going to spend an entire day <laughs> all on y'all. y'all. All y'all, listen up. We're fixing to do this. There you go. Wow. All right. It's Southern in here. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> deal with this cow. problem, shall we? Holy cow. Well done. All right. So he and his fiance are in their early 30s, and they are reevaluating their entire car situation. Love it. So Arif drives a 2004, so the E46 M3 manual transmission. Very cool. And his fiance, who also listens to the podcast. Hello, Ari's fiance. Congratulations yes, on your cool. upcoming nuptials. Yes. She has an 09 Scion XD. The Cube. Okay. Yep. All right. No, that was the XB. XD is the little guy, isn't it? Oh, that, uh, yeah. XD is the little guy. You're right. XD right. is the little guy. XB was the Cube. XB is the Cube because mm-hmm. XB means Cube. Of co- well, it means box. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. the code mm-hmm. for box. All right. So yeah. they moved into a condo with a single parking spot from there to a house with a three-car garage, and he's got an approval for a four-post lift. Dun, dun, dun. Like it. That means they can fit the beginning four of the end. cars. <laughs> Off the cliff we go. I love it. It's great. All right. So as I mentioned, he's uh, both of them are in Austin, Texas. They're bordering the hill country, which I keep hearing good things about. Apparently... This is the only hills in Texas, Austin's is that right? great, and the hill country actually has some decent driving roads. It also okay. has a really great climbing place called Rimer's Ranch, by the way. I don't know if it's even still open, but literally really? a guy's private property that backed up to a river cut and hundreds of limestone climbs, all sport. sport and you climbs. were hanging out there? And Loved Rimer's. Rimer's was awesome. Where was the water ski lake that you were going to? Oh, that was actually in Waco. Oh, it was. It was actually okay. a man-made lake in Waco, but that's a side note. Thing. Okay. All so, right. yeah. So, the, the, the hill country is actually one of the best places for, obviously, rock climbing for uh, – good drives, that kind of stuff. So you've done well there. You live on the edge of the hill country. That means you actually have some back roads to enjoy. And you've done a little bit of everything with this M3. But the biggest takeaway here is the fact that you love it. You mm-hmm. love it. It's got 125,000 exactly. miles. It's starting to need stuff more consistently, which is your concern, which is what starts this whole discussion. But there really isn't anything about that M3 you don't like other than its age and mileage. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So they go to Houston a couple times a month for doctor appointments to monitor his kidney transplant. And then they have two small dogs and they do these outdoor activities. So mm-hmm. car camping, hiking, biking. So yep. when it's not 100 degrees outside, is it always 100 degrees in Texas? Not always, but, you know, for large swaths of the summertime. Hmm. This is why air conditioners in Texas are like supercharged rated. I mean, the ones you see, like the industrial <laughs> ones you see on big skyscrapers, they're in just like the restaurant downtown. Yeah, <laughs> The entire building's a swamp cooler. No, no, we don't have swamp there coolers. There are no swamp coolers. Swamp coolers don't, don't even begin to get it Really? They won't no. get rid of it? That, oh, wow. Gosh, no. Absolutely not. Swamp coolers can do a, a, they can do a temperature differential. Here I go. Watch <laughs> me. They can do a temperature differential, but they can't accomplish what you need to do in Texas, which is it's 105 outside and we want it 65 in here. No swamp cooler on the planet huh. pulling that off. And you know who's always really rich in every neighborhood in Texas? <laughs> the guy that owns an air conditioning company. Right. I, I grew up with two or three right. kids whose parents were in that business, and, and I have, through my wife, uh, a distant family member, and all of them are just, they're just money. Because why? We're all dying. So they're the ones with the cigarette boats and the vacations. Yes. And the third homes in Italy and those people. Because yeah, it, it, yeah. The, the story's always the same. It's like my grandfather was a blue-collar guy and started working on people's air conditioners, and now we own a block. 
<laughs> Seriously, awesome. because it's Texas. Anyway, awesome. yeah. Okay, so here he is. They're thinking about replacing maybe both cars. So there's a bit of a financial dance here that we've got to consider mm-hmm, for here. Sure. He's usually driving her car if they take people and they go camping and, you know, they're kind of defaulting to the Scion it's because... It's a quasi-utility vehicle. It's M3. a little four-door, yeah. Although he can, certainly. Of course, of but course. But yeah. I, I definitely get it. You, you want something a little bit more spacious. And she is now warming to the idea of a lukewarm hatch, hatchback. Like She's, it? Warming to the well, lukewarm. She's she's coming around to the situation of maybe I sh- and I don't mean this to sound tacky, but the Scion has been a workhorse that runs, but he wishes it had better gas mileage. It was nicer to be inside. Of course, that's what it was. It's an economy car. Right. They're wishing it was nicer than it was, and his fiance is getting to a place where she's like, maybe I should have a car. I think is amazing mm-hmm. versus a car that just works. So we have an opportunity here, which is really cool. All right, get ready for math. He has $25,000 limited to 30000 for me to spend on top of whichever car he would get rid of. So a budget of $40,000 if he sells the M3 or $30,000 if he sells the Scion. He highly prefers manuals. Yes. But the fiance's car is strictly automatic. Like it. Okay. So he's come up with some combinations here. By the way, I'm just going to say it. I think you should get rid of both cars to start with. I agree. I think both cars need to go. I agree. Get Buckle your seatbelts for two new cars in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, it becomes comes down to the fact that you're at a place now, RF, where you're thinking maybe it's time for the M3 to go, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think as any of us as enthusiasts, when we get to that place where it doesn't mean the love's gone, but it's just I think it's time to move on. That is time to move on now. Because yeah. because oh, the, yeah. the worst thing that can happen as as is when you're enters your mind. No, no, no. Because here's what I'm saying. Moving Once on. you're at that place, then if something really catastrophic happens to that car, you're going to fall out of love quickly because you were already mm-hmm. kind of going, maybe I should move on. So anyway, I think it's time to move on that. You don't like the Scion, so why keep it? So I think both cars go, but it's just a matter of balancing two cars for this budget of, let's just say, forty grand. Mm-hmm. All right. Equation number one. He is one of the few people that he says that does not dislike the Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. I still think you take a sawzall of that wing and you're good. Well, but did you notice the rest of what he said here? I've grown to love the front end and the side profile. RF, I'm with you. Yes. Those are the two places where it works. The front well, three-quarter of that car is awesome. It's the direct <laughs> rear where it's like, what happened here? Sawzall, find a friend with a sawzall and slice the wing off and you're anyway, good. yeah. You could probably open a shop, and that's all you do. I just slice wings off. Type, type R. Wing removal. <laughs> We're faster than like, everyone. We do tint and radio installs, and we slice wings. Yeah, it's perfect. Bring it. So as a result, he's thinking about, I would really like to have the Civic Type R. He's very intrigued by it. He, he contrasts that with a Golf R, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's sitting here going, is that actually interesting and crazy enough? He knows it'll be fun to drive. He knows it'll be solid. He's just wondering if it has enough personality. Whereas the Civic Type R is overblown with personality, and... But in that equation, it was keep the scion, which we are supposed to get rid of that, too. Right, right. All right, so second equation here is a 987 Boxster S. Okay, so that's the 05 to roughly 2012 Boxster. Yeah, somewhere in there. So that plus a Mazda 3, a regular Golf, or a Hyundai Elantra GT. Mm, That's compelling. That's compelling. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And he kind of, you know, is moving some money around here. And he says, can I convince him that a 987 Boxster is more reliable than an E46 M3? Yes. I definitely think so. <laughs> I think that's a short conversation, too. I, I, yeah. <laughs> honestly, my 2007 ran tops. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. I did the maintenance. I did spend money on tires. Yeah. It ran. It started, ran. It was awesome. Yeah. By and large, I mean, I know there's somebody out there freaking out about the IMS bearing, but by and large, that generation of Porsches, they just run. And I will say this. I've said it before. The Boxer and Cayman are known to have fewer IMS issues than the Carreras, and the Carrera 911 issue has been massively overblown by the Internet. And there's salts. So if you want to worry about the IMS bearing, you certainly can. If you get a high miles car that's been driven a lot and never had a problem, it probably won't have a problem. Uh, don't quote me, but that's that's typically what mm-hmm. uh, like all the mechanics we've talked to have said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a it is a very small percentage of the cars, but by and large, beyond that, I have heard occasionally water pumps are an issue on those cars. I mean, you want to do it when you do a clutch. Yeah, but I mean, but water. By the way, water pumps wear out on all cars. Little little side note there. It's not like <laughs> I was gonna say. It's not like they go wrong with the box or everything else. Water pumps. Yeah, exactly. Like, the water the pumps just do go out, folks. But I, I think there is less to go wrong with that boxer, less that's known to go wrong with that boxer than is known to go wrong with that M3. Plus, you're talking about a significantly newer car too. Door number three is keep the M3 and go investigate a Chevy Bolt 
or a Kona EV. Interesting. Interesting. Electric okay. cars. All right. All right. All right. And he's saying, you know, wildcard territory here. They Electric cars are interesting to both of you, which is what you're saying. And mm-hmm. you can't bring yourselves to get behind the wheel of a Tesla because, well, it seems like probably everybody has one and you're just, you're looking at the alternatives, which I think as good as Teslas are, I think people are going to start sniffing around other electric cars going, huh, what else out uh, out there is, yeah, true. you know, viable think, for me? I think that's where we are for sure. We've already reached that place, and over the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot of options that make you go, okay, if you want to shop electric. There's a difference here. There's a difference. Do you want a Tesla, which is not where RF is, or do you want an electric car? Exactly. If you yeah. want a Tesla, then there's nothing else to get. They have their own True. feel, style, interior, mm-hmm. eth- ethic, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Mercedes switch gear. Yeah. What? But, 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 but this is who they are, okay? Yeah. So if you want a Tesla, just get the Tesla. But, but he's looking at, should we get an electric car? And that makes right. him actually not want the Tesla. He's wanting to look around for something else, which is very interesting. All right, so I'm going to spend even more of your money since you bought the house and, you know, you already got the mortgage. <laughs> he's got three-car garage to play with. <laughs> I mean... Well, I didn't actually fill it up with, well, that'll come. That'll come, right? More cars. (laughs) We'll we'll get there. We'll get to the more fun stuff. But right now, I'm thinking about you, Arif. I'm thinking about you're wanting manual. You're wanting something that can take people occasionally. Mm -hmm. And you're just wanting reliability. You you like the wrenching thing, but you'd prefer to kind of save that for bigger jobs. Maybe that's the hobby car, the third or fourth car that you get down the road. (laughs) When you ride his back later for more. Exactly. Uh, I'm just thinking, I I noticed a bit of information up here that I want to reference and hit home. Okay. He is five foot nine, 150 pounds. Okay. So keep this in mind. Yes. When I recommend the Genesis G70. Oh. Because you and I are big guys. Mm-hmm. Six foot three. You're, you know, yep. tall torso. Yep. When we're comfortable, there's not a lot of backseat space. True. True, true. Yeah. But Arif is five foot nine. So yeah, he's going to have the seat agreed. forward. Yeah. True. 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 Which opens up the back seat. And I priced one out for $38,895. Okay. Brand new. So you spent it all. Got it. Yeah. But we still haven't covered his fiance yet. Yeah, I noticed this, yes. So since you've been looking at the Bolt, okay. you know how we've talked about the Chevy Volt being a great real car that offers yes. you a toe in the pool yes. of electric vehicle ownership? Mm-hmm. A 2012 is $8,973 with 73,000 miles on it. Wow. Another 2012 with 53,000 is only eleven k. Hmm. That's compelling. It is, it is, yes. I mean, these cars are designed to put miles on them, mm-hmm. and yeah. you guys have the commute. They're real cars, so now you've got two cars. You mm-hmm. could choose either for the car camping or whatever. Okay. okay, You could go on long road trips, be really comfortable. I think that G70, and that is the two-liter with the manual transmission. I see it. It's I see it. gorgeous yeah, yeah. inside, it quilted nice. leather. Cool. I, I, I'm really enthusiastic cool about this car. We're it's chasing just, it for season five. Hopefully, we'll get it. Yeah. We're, we're just in that backseat space that we keep talking about. Totally. And yeah. that was from our initial sit-in at the LA Auto Show. Of being three trees walking around the auto show trying to climb in cars. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's in here? <laughs> Why, is Why does that? my head hurt? Exactly. Yeah. So again, five foot nine. Imagine the seat all the way forward there, or at least further forward. It yeah, opens sure. up the back seat, mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah, for sure. I see that. So see that. that's why it could work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I've used up a lot of your budget because more initially, than, but this is what you do. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Initially, I was thinking, you know, how about an E ninety M three? Graduate to the next one, mm-hmm. or how about a BMW four forty i? Pretty cool. Yeah. Also, a lot of space. Yeah. But then I thought you've you've been wanting to get away from the BMW experience. You wrote to us in your email. Mm-hmm. The whole thing you're doing here is on to new experiences. So let's get you away from the BMW brand entirely. Okay. Go something brand okay. new. The Genesis is going to come with a warranty. It's going to come yeah. with yeah, yeah. A, a huge warranty, actually. Brand new. I mean, all the connectivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really intrigued by this. And okay. again, because it's sedan and manual and those like it, that like it. particular recipe is tough to find mm-hmm. last podcast or two podcasts ago. We actually named all the manufacturers that still make manual transmission cars. But yes. In a yes. lot of cases, they're coupes. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, this kind of opens up some things. True. 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 You know, for him and mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more flexibility and transportation, that kind of thing. Okay. Still a manual. That's our right. headspace. Good. Uh, RF, I've, I've got a couple options for you. First off, I want to call out of your options. I think the best one is number two, and that was the 987 Boxster S 
and I'm going to go with Mazda 3 for your fiance. Mm, yes, sure. you could get both of those sure. for your forty grand. I think both of you would be thrilled with that equation. I, I have no problems with that equation for you, so I want to stand on that one of the three you listed. But based on the other things you listed, I want to give you a couple other pairs to think about. Okay. And maybe a mix and match. Maybe it's none of these pairs, but it's mixed and matched from this group. Okay, And I love your G70, Paul. That could work in there as well. The Volt is compelling. I hadn't gone there, but that's a compelling they're one. They're so even really cheaper than I thought. Last time yeah, we yeah. checked, it w- they were like seventeen grand yeah, used. And they're, and they're just, they're just go buy one. That. Just go buy one. I totally agree. Yeah. So, so I think the 987 is great. I think a used Mazda 3 you would love. I do want to note here that that Scion XD has been your quote-unquote utility vehicle. Also not large. True. So that Mazda 3 is going to be every bit the space you need right now. You've been Mm -hmm. driving a coupe. It's like a tall Golf, kind of. To some degree, yeah. You've been driving driving a coupe, so you're used to a 2 plus 2, not a big car. I think you'd be very happy in the Boxster. But taking all this in consideration, if if you're – you're kind of in a place where you want to get rid of this M3, but I feel like the the BMW love is still there. So here's combination one. Okay. Get yourself either – a 135IS or a 335IS. That is a little bit back generation-wise, if you will. The 135IS is the car just under the 1M. The 335IS is the car just under the M3. Both of those are about twenty grand. It's true. Which one do you prefer in size, in look, whatever? Hmm. That is an upgrade from your current M3 in tech, in everything. Sure. It's essentially going to the E90 platform. Totally. Yeah. But that 135IS is an almost 1M for 20, 25 grand. It's compelling. I agree. So that's pretty cool. So there's that. And then a used CX-5. You go a little bit bigger than the Mazda 3. You go the CX-5 for your fiance. Still not a large SUV by any spec, but at the same time, very nice. I think you'll be shocked by the room. You'll be shocked by how, how nice it is inside. So that BMW and mm. a CX-5 is option one I have for Those you. are like 20 grand a piece, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, pretty much. so there you go. So then the next one I thought of. That is just kind of my wild card to put in any combination. You talked about liking electrics, but what if the electric you discussed wasn't a Bolt? Hmm. I do like your Volt, by the way. But what if you went and shopped used BMW i3s? <laughs> 15 grand, you walk away with a nice one. Yeah, oh, the yeah, early i3s. Now, look, they've only got about a 100-mile range. They do. You can get them with the little generator in the back that extends your range, kind of like the Volt, but not as, not as integrated into the car. Right. So those are going to be a little bit – they're going to be more like 15, whereas the other ones are like 12. Is it weird to have the Honda generator screwed to the back of your BMW? So you it's weird, get, isn't it? Yeah. You don't get range. I told you about that guy that used a, a – that took his Nissan Leaf to the um, production set one day and ran the Honda generator all day so he'd get home. It happens. <laughs> Still burning gas. Least, Love it. <laughs> at least in this case, the <laughs> i3 actually has something that it's created for. So I think the i3 is a compelling kind of alt if you really want to talk about electric cars. I think your fiancé would love driving that. I'm not sure it's big enough mm. for your usage otherwise, but just put that as kind of like off to the side. Those big trailers that power the Jumbotron at like the, the state fair. <laughs> like what about those kind of trailers behind Terrible. it? Yeah. Terrible. And then my last pairing here is for your fiancé for roughly twenty grand. She wants an automatic. She'd kind of like a hot hatch. You want to have something you enjoy driving as well. Your fiance should be in a Mercedes GLA AMG 45 for twenty grand, and then that frees up you, RF, to buy yourself your sports car of choice. And I have to say, you could still go Boxster S, but why are you not considering at least a Miata or an 86? Because you want reliability and mm-hmm. gas mileage, mm-hmm. and so you're concerned about the cost of being in another German sports car. This is where the 86 and the Miata shine all day long. Are those 45s truly 20 grand? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Are they really? Well, they're they're probably 25. They're probably I mean, 25. Last I checked, the they were in the 35 to 40, and you, a I'm pretty sure under they're 40. And you have I'm a pretty good sure one. they're 25, maybe a little more. Because that is compelling. So, I, and maybe I'm wrong. But, that would be but, a snorty little winter car. But, honestly, but here's the thing: you have that car, and that's the car you're going to. The other thing that's happening is huh. you guys are taking these big trips to Houston. You want a nice place to be. Take the take the Mercedes, and then you have this Miata or this 86 that you got for nothing, and then it's the perfect non-precious sports car. Mm-hmm. Where, where if you go autocross it or it's dirty or whatever, you don't care. You just go drive it. You get a four-post lift, up. she gets Mercedes. You see, freed yourself up. I, I'm putting it out there. The, I'm just giving you combinations. Hopefully one of these combinations works for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for writing. If you've got your own debate, 
You know where to write, but if you don't, it's everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website itself, everydaydriver.com. Under the About tab in the top right corner, there's a contact button. You can push that and contact us directly, and that feeds directly into the same email. Absolutely. So we get it all. We read it all. Thank you guys for all the debates pouring in the door, which I love, and and it's fun to sift through and read your stories Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. select ones for the the debate that we do on the air here. So I I really appreciate all your, your writing to us and Sometimes you guys just, hey, here's what's on my mind. Hey, just wanted you guys totally, to know. Yeah. You know, mostly it's, you know, hey, Paul, here's a 928. Did you see this one for sale? <laughs> that is happening. It's a lot More, of that. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying that, that that keeps happening. <laughs> but sometimes That's pretty there's, awesome. you know, Avoras and, you know, yeah. I mean, Todd's next car. Somebody I, I recently sent a Caprice Classic for sale in case I wanted to pass it on to my father, which I, <laughs> I had to laugh. And I promptly deleted that email, just so you know. No offense to you that sent it, but I deleted that email. That will never go any further. Yeah, that's happened too much. All right, we're going to take a break and we will be back. Greg G. writes to us from Victoria, British Columbia in Canada, asking about instant gratification or delayed excitement. You're writing the wrong podcast. <laughs> I'll give you the answer delay. right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. What? Delay? What? I, we're, in, we're in instant everything. Come on. I need it now. Like, <laughs> instant everything. Oh, terrible. I mean, even our food. Yeah. So why stifle the disease? Why stifle? <laughs> Thanks for writing, Greg. Just kidding. All right. This is pretty interesting. Because he's up in Canada where it's mild weather. I keep hearing that Victoria and all of British Columbia is just so gorgeous. I've not been to Vancouver. I keep hearing all these great things. Road trip. So okay, yeah. We do need to get up there. One of the many places we need to do a meetup yeah, is Canada, sure. but that's a side thing. For sure. All right. So he needs this itch scratch that is the sports car and autocross itch. Mm-hmm. But it's not being fulfilled because he's got a hand-me-down 2004 BMW X3 2.5i in automatic, which he says it's great for the road trips, great mm-hmm. for Costco, but it's still an SUV and doesn't allow him to participate in autocross and yeah. other yeah, yeah. fine it's, driving roads. It's been great for all of the utility stuff, but it's just not fun, which is understandable. He's it's also, actually fun for what it is, but it's just not what he wants, which well, is a sports car. Exactly. I mean, he's got the motorcycle that he hops on, and that's true, the commute true, thing, yeah, yeah. and you know, has plenty of fun on the motorcycle, but yeah, he's thinking yeah. sports car. So he's got a couple of options here that he is he's thinking about. He loves convertibles, loves the ragtops, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have access to covered parking. So he thinks probably coupes is okay. a better bet. Okay. There is always the Covercraft car cover option. I'm just wanting this to put true. that out that there. That does exist. They have co- covers for everything you can imagine. They you do. Be the heavy duty cover. That, I mean, look, it's not a full deterrent, but it is going to be a little bit more like, go away. <laughs> it's just the whispered go away it's not the big mallet it's not a megaphone it's just a go away yeah exactly yeah all right here we go option one we're in the ten thousand canadian or less so that is about seventy five hundred dollars u.s for a sports car and uh, i'm glad to reignite your porsche love or actually kindle it from out of nothing i've actually you know little magnesium <laughs> shavings and blasted a blowtorch at it and, look at that perfect you know come on porsche all right so he's thinking 944 non-turbo those are sure. easily found for $7,500 or yes. under. He's always liked to look at them. Are they great dynamically? Yes, they're great. They're 50-50 weight balance. Perfect 50-50 weight balance. People autocross the daylights out of these things. Yeah. They're track cars. And endless. The world of 944s yes. is a huge, deep, wide hole. Two other problems there, though. One, 944s are not supposed to be the most reliable cars ever, especially the turbos. Now, you want a non-turbo, which helps you, but reliability... Maybe that a money pit. I might have gotten them Yeah, confused. it may have been a money pit, but but I also don't know if you've heard this recently. There is a terrible speculation going on right now oh, because oh, Jerry Seinfeld yeah. has discovered the 944, and now this has people that are speculators <laughs> salivating that the 944 is going to go up because Jerry Seinfeld says they're a real Porsche now. What other Porsches really? I, am I interested in? Really? What's that? I mean, he certainly influenced the ridiculous overpriced 356s, but 944s, they made a lot of 944s. A lot. But I do have to say, you know, if they doubled in price, they'd still be 15 grand. So, uh, you know, they're not expensive right now. I do think the 944 is compelling. I also think, and you mentioned it here, the reliability question, could you make it run and would it run all the time? Yes. Would it ask for stuff regularly? Probably. <laughs> All right. So he's also looking at the R52 Mini Cooper S. That is the 05 to 08 years, I believe. He's driven these. He's liked how fun they are to throw around. I mean, they're great camera generation people. than I had, essentially, yeah. But he prefers rear-wheel drive, so he's thinking, all right, I think you know the Cooper would be great for autocross, but maybe not everything. Mm-hmm. He's got the 128i on his list, which is at the top of his budget. Hasn't driven one yet, yeah. but I, I think they're really viable. I like your 
like they're, they're viable. You've got to get the. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. I don't know what they called it at that point, but you got to get the M Sport pack or the Sport setup of it. Otherwise, it's just a little commute car. But yeah, otherwise, it works. I mean, he's got nine eight nine eight six Porsche Boxster on the list, which is great. And he's saying this is a rag tr- rag top, but. The one we drove that's upcoming in an episode has a hard top. The next episode, yeah, episode three has got a hard Actually top. looks great. It's the 986, which is the first-gen Boxster. Those are the ones with the fried egg headlights. Those are unloved styling-wise, and plus they have that uh, late 90s, early 2000s 911 interior in them, which is not great. But that keeps the prices down, and they it are does. very good to drive. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're the 300ZX expert. He had a 93 manual, no, hardly, naturally yeah. aspirated. And interestingly, he says they're slowly getting more expensive in his area, but he can still fit in one for right now for the budget. I think I sold mine at the bottom. I just want to put that out there. I, I think I sold mine when it was like, you know, I'll hand you one shoe out of a pair and we'll trade you for the Z. I mean, it was nothing. Oh, and they have turned a bit, especially if you can find one that hasn't been molested. That's the hard part. Of course, the NAs are worth the least. And so you could probably get into one of those. I like that you had one. I like that you're reconsidering it. I agree with you. I think they are turning a bit in price. I think it's time for new experience, though. Since you've already had one of those, let's not return. And I say mm-hmm. that as a guy that if I had a five- or six-car garage, I'd buy another one. But if I'm working with a summer car, a winter car, then a 300ZX doesn't work its way back in. He says option two here is to just wait the delay equation here. Wait, what now? What was that word? Yeah, I'm not what sure what these words I, say. You just went to white noise. I didn't hear that. I know. He says spend a few more years saving for something a little more special, like a 987 Cayman S or a Z4M Coupe. I like your headspace. Compelling. But in the interest, what Todd just said, of having multiple experiences, and we point these fingers at us just as for we sure. point them at you guys. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Having more experiences, and who knows? You wait a few years, say two years, mm-hmm. are you still going to want that 987 Cayman S? Or will something else have come mm, down and you think, well, sure. now my, my sure. focus is off. I don't yeah, know yeah, which yeah. way to go, and I, I'm confused. And mm. have that experience now with the and you know sort of jumping into a fun sports car for low price, entry-level sports yeah, car. Yeah, for sure. And for then sure. who knows what your financial situation will be like in the future? Mm-hmm. Who knows what you'll be able to move on to? Your tastes might change. You yeah. might get a yeah, 986 yeah. Boxster and think, you know what? I want to go jump to whatever else. Well, but the great thing about the less than $10,000 dedicated sports car is I don't think you go into that car thinking, I could just barely afford this and I've got to keep it precious. But if right. you buy a $30,000 sports car that you saved and saved and saved and saved and finally bought, you might not leave the garage. I mean, we've heard this problem it's many true. times on the podcast. <laughs> you buy a $7,500 sports car and somebody dings it. Are you bummed? Yes. Are you furious? Probably. Will you get over it? Yes. You're going to get in it and drive it. <laughs> exactly. You're right. You're right. What happens is this $7,500 car that you're going to get, you keep it. That turns into your Lemons race car, and then you move on to get whatever else. Yeah. So you're actually never going to get rid of the one we're going to recommend He's to you. He's going to cage it and turn it into a race car. It's going to be a track car. Terrible. And Terrible. then you're going to dump a bunch of money into that, and then go get your fun canyon car. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Just saying. I tease. I love your choices. I'm going to suggest a few more here. You good. Food for thought. Good, good. C4 Corvette. Even found a C5 for 10K. Oh, yeah. There you go. Kind of interesting. For sure. I found 2002 Boxster and a 98 Boxster, both with hardtops for sale. Mm. Meaning there's cars that already have them yeah, for sale. Already you don't have to go them. source You don't have to the spend a couple grand or whatever it is to get the hardtop. And I have to say, and we'll talk about it in episode three. That's, that's a week away now of season four. That is a surprisingly good hardtop with really good visibility. I, I had never driven that first-gen box with a hardtop prior to when we did this episode, and I think that makes that car very compelling. I agree with that. I'm going to stretch you now. This is kind of out there. It's very different. 2001 BMW Z3 3.0 with 62,000 miles. Problem is it's an auto. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not as good, but it's, it makes it cheap. Yeah, it, I only found one so far, okay. but just it's got a lot of cargo space. It's still kind of a fun little bit of a sports car, Yeah, yeah. kind of in between. That's okay. why they didn't sell too many of them, but they're kind of interesting. If you can find one low miles, I think they're unique and cool. Are you talking, this is the convertible or are you talking the shoe? This is the shoe. It's just not the M shoe because the, the M shoe M is shoe. really expensive. Exactly. Okay. This All is right. just the right. 3.0, yeah. but it's an auto. It's yeah. the one I found has sat for 10 years and it's just, it's perfect. Except it'll need stuff if it's sat for 10 years. Oh, I yeah. have to say it. But anyway. All the seals are dried up. Anyway, yeah. moving on to a 2013 or 2014 Fiat Abart. Mm-hmm. Get those all day long. All day long. And then finally, the AP1 Honda S2000 is nowhere to be found on your list. And I'll bet you people sell them with higher tops. At that price, ninety nine to 03, maybe. get yourself an S two thousand. Can he get one that cheap? 
I the AP ones. Yeah, you're going to have to work for this. You're going to yeah. have to. You might. Can you come down to the states to buy? Is my question. Can you buy in the U.S. and drive it back? Interesting. Because I bet you can find them here. Okay, that's that's got to be the bottom of the AP one. But you may be right. They may be there. Yeah. Uh, they they've clung to value for sure. But that I feel like that yeah. ten that ten grand mark has been like the the average for the AP ones for a while. While yeah. the AP twos are running fifteen to twenty. Sure. So interesting. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, I have to say that Greg, I think the most compelling of the ones you listed is that first gen Boxster. Get yourself a hard top. Be happy. I think you'd thoroughly enjoy that. I have to list two others for you. One, I know it's a foregone conclusion, but let's talk about it. Miata hardtop. Sure. Why not get the third gen Miata with a hardtop? Those those are down or under ten grand at this point, so they're probably in your budget now. Look, I, I realize mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily doing a good job of talking American market versus Canadian market, but what are they what are they selling for up up where you are? Because that third gen Miata with that retractable hardtop is a compelling car that's just going to run. It's just mm. it's going to be great. Mm. So there's that, and then I also have to say, why why haven't you driven or talked about the Nissan 350Z? These are in your budget all the time. True. That's a great point. They have massive aftermarket support. Yeah. They run and run and run with a really good engine. It's not look, I'll be honest, it's not my favorite Z car. But mm. they are cheap and they run well and they are reliable and people have done everything you can imagine to them. So if you get one and you wish it was more like they have a part for that. Mm. And, and it's going to be great. 350Z, is, it's a fun car to drive. It's a genuine sports car. What you're looking for is affordable, reliable, rear-wheel drive. 350Z has got to be on that short list. Hmm. I like it. I like it. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah, I, th- I think it's got to be on there. So hopefully something here is helpful to you. You can go out and, and drive a bunch of things. Let us know what you wind up in, Greg, because we love hearing that as well. Interesting question on Facebook over here as we jump to questions from Simon T. Asking about license plate designs. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Kind of cool. And he even included a photo here. He's always liked the contemporary Colorado and New Mexico plates and the old New York plate with the Manhattan skyline. And then his favorite one is from Arctic Canada, which is in the shape of a polar bear. <laughs> Pretty cool. Favorite license tags. This is interesting. I, I mm. like this question because I actually haven't thought about it too yeah, much. I, I guess I like the California, the yellow on black tags that were the vintage tags. Yeah. I like the yellow on blue, but those were like 80s. Yeah. But the going way back. You watch the show Chips, everybody had yellow on blue. And L.A. Law, yellow on blue. Yeah, it's true, a very iconic true. California plate. Yeah. I, I always like those, but actually Montana has white on black that you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very stark, you know, very high contrast. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I actually still like the metal, the stamp metal. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of just the... It's just a piece of vinyl and, you know, stamped out. I don't love those, but of course it gives you more options for designs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm gravitating towards, uh, you know, anything that really celebrates kind of a little bit personalization, I guess. Mm -hmm. I like those. I'm gravitated toward those, but you know, speaking of personalizations on plates, I like creative designs that don't rebrand your car. Like creative yes. words. That Please don't put you. the name of your model or your car on your license plate again. Guess what? They already put it on there. Uh, <laughs> I actually have to say that a little little kind of Easter egg. If you haven't noticed this already, we are trying harder and harder, and this is entirely Paul's doing. Where we shoot a car, we have a license plate from that state. So when you're watching our content on TV, you can look at the license plate, which says every day, and that license plate is from the state where the content was shot. And I have to say I love that little kind of <laughs> nod little to the locations. We did that. We've done it with Colorado now, and uh, we've done it with Washington, California, yeah. Utah, Anywhere else we go and shoot, we're hoping to do it there, too. It's kind of fun. I, I like that license plate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do All a right, plug cool. for us. I think that's great. Chad wrote in and said, okay, in general, xDrive is not discussed on BMW cars. Why is this? Hmm. And I'll tell you, honestly, Chad, the thing about this is there's nothing fundamentally wrong with xDrive. I think the fun of BMWs is the fact that they are rear-wheel drive with good steering. The minute you do xDrive, it loses a bit of that. And at that point... I think it becomes a much more even playing field with everybody else making all-wheel drives. There's not a compelling case for the BMW once it becomes xDrive. That's the reason. There's really nothing wrong with it. It's just one of those blind spot things we talk about where other cars should overshadow because of other things. That's why it's not discussed as much. Mm-hmm. Interesting question about uh, asking other content that we c- consume you know, and research. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. Kind of interesting from Kelly K asking about you know, any channels that we consume – that we like watching as well, 
Any other creators, contributors out there? Who would they be? I think you're asking yeah. for recommendations. Yeah. Well, he's just also curious what we what we take in. I mean, there's there's different ways to look at that. You know, I like uh, a lot of stuff from Petrolicious. I do. Yeah, I like uh, you know various things from Carfection. But to be honest, I like a lot of the European reviews because they get the cars right there. They're right mm-hmm. away, and then they're you know they're out with initial impressions. But I guess that's because I want to hear and see the car move rather than going sure. for commentary. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you and I are talking about commentary that is as if you own it and are looking at buying it mm-hmm. and living with the car yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than just straight up cold hard stats. Mm-hmm. That interests me a little bit at at first and, you know, a new yeah, model, that yeah. kind of thing. But then I want a story around it. I want, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, life and living way. with the car kind of thing. Yeah, Kelly, I mean, there's a big list. I'm not going to get everybody here. And, and I will say this, because of the level of busy that we are and because, you know, there's other things to do, I don't watch all of anybody's content. Mm-hmm. I can't say there's anybody on YouTube that I've seen all they do. I occasionally will watch one of Matt Farah's one takes, either he or Zach. They have a car that I'm interested in. I'm just like, oh, yeah. hey, I'll jump on that. Yeah. Occasionally. Same with Doug DeMuro. He does a car every now and then. I'm like, all right, let's see what Doug says about that. That I'll do that. I typically – Doug is as close as I get to vloggers because – I typically don't like people that do the, hey, what's up, vlogger thing. It's just mm-hmm. not really something. I, I know that it's got a big audience and it's a big engaging personality. I don't engage with it personally, and so I don't typically watch vloggers. So those guys, while they're successful, are out. Um, the Straight Pipes guys do really good work. They do. They, they do, do really good work. And, it, and I yeah. like stuff that typically has production value. So, I mean, the one takes are a little bit low production for my taste. Honestly, our Fast Blasts are low production for my taste, but they are fun. So that's <laughs> why are. we're doing them. They so there's are. that. Uh, then, of course, you already mentioned a lot of the European magazines do really good videos. They spend – here's the thing. When you have a big magazine, Carfection's an example, they're spending money on video and not worried about the fact that it needs to make any money back. Mm. <laughs> this mm. is the problem with production – on YouTube. It's why we have moved all of our production stuff off. It's why Motor Trend has done the same. It's why Drive back in the day, I can't believe I'm saying back in the day about Drive Channel, but it's why <laughs> they moved off of YouTube and went to a pay model because it's you can't really make your money back producing well-produced TV quality stuff and putting it on YouTube, which is yeah. why we don't anymore, candidly. But I really like Chris Harris on cars. Of course, he started on Drive and now he's shooting stuff directly True. for Top Gear, but True. he's still shooting it with Neil Carey and their stuff's fantastic. One of the best two men teams out there. Absolutely. So I like that. The sideways there's, thing. All, well, always fun to watch. Of course, of course. So, I mean, there's a lot of them out there. I've, I see a little bit of everybody. I just don't watch anybody all the time. I may be on Facebook asking us, what do we think of the color on the new 30th anniversary Miata? It's orange. It's very orange. Bravo. It is. So they have put this, the 30th anniversary out there. It's the uh, both the RF and the MX-5. And it's called Racing Orange. It's got raised aluminum wheels, or raised aluminum raised wheels. Raised aluminum wheels, yeah. Custom ones for that car. Yep. Yeah, 30th anniversary badge, orange brake calipers, orange accents, Recaro seats, Bilsteins, Brembos. It's quite orange. It's very orange. There's a lot say of this orange is the guy that on. likes orange. It's orange, yeah. But it's it's a juicy orange. It's a oh, it's juicy, no, rich, fantastic. Yeah. cool orange rather yeah. than a bright, yellowy orange. I see where you're and going. I yeah. like what they've done. Mazda has really curated their paint colors very, very well. They've been very picky. Reds, even the darker colors are a very sophisticated Mm -hmm. shade of grays or bronze or whatever that is. And this orange is just juicy. It's good looking, isn't it? Eye-catching. I actually like it on the RF a lot. It's great (laughs) looking. That car's just great looking in general, though. Yeah, yeah. I do like it. Uh, Let's see. Heel Toe Maestro. Do you see this question on Mm. Instagram? Mm. Should he... This is a nice problem to have, by the way, my friend. Should he pull the trigger on a current 991 generation Carrera T? Oh. That is the slightly wow, kind yes. of enthusiast-focused uh, 911, which is a good good option. Or a 997.2, that's last gen, late in the run, GT3. Which should he get? They are about the same price. Obviously, the Carrera T would be brand new. The 997 GT would, uh, GT3 would not. I'm going to say to you the 997 GT, uh, GT3. I think it's a yeah. more interesting engine yeah. with a better personality than the Carrera T. Metzger engine, GT3, also, it's race car. if you watch our 50 Years of 911, what, by the way, watch that because that's a really good discussion of all of these. The 997, there's a lot of people talking about, and, and us as well, the fact that the 992, the upcoming brand new 911 is awfully big. But here's the thing. 
that jump didn't happen there. The jump happened from the 997 to the 991. That's where it got noticeably bigger. The 997 maintains the hydraulic steering. It maintains the Metzger engine, which you're not going to get after that. You can get a really good six-speed with it. It is fantastic. I think it is the better car. Plus, as the non-Porsche guy, I will say, in my dream garage is a 997.2 GT3 RS40, and I'm not even a 911 guy. <laughs> so well done. I think it's, it's hard to say all that. I have to kind There's of walk through of, it in my head. There's a lot of minutia. Alphanumeric. So I think that is your choice, uh, not because there's anything technically wrong with the Carrera T. I just think the 997 is better. Charlie K. NYC asking us, are auto shows becoming irrelevant? And he's got a lot of uh, description here about his recent attendance at the Philadelphia show. And he said, I'm rather underwhelmed. Major brands like BMW, Mini, Cadillac, and Tesla didn't even show up. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't recall that happening in years past. I mean, even the, you know, the the not as large shows, I guess. So the, you know, cities that, that still have car shows. Salt yeah. Lake's one of them. Yeah, for sure. For They're sure. not the major LA, not Detroit, all, Chicago, all, yeah. New York shows. Mm-hmm. Miami. I mean... There used to be every car company showing up True. to these, and it True. used to be a big deal. And he says, where are the marketing efforts being redirected? And <laughs> you're right, Charlie. Not only is it social media, but we were told by Ford, and this has been a few years now, yeah. that they want their cars in the hands of non-traditional or car buyers that are not – it's not at the forefront of their thinking all the time like it is with us where mm-hmm. we're – Constantly scanning, bring a trailer. And I hate to else. say it. They they use that term that you and I want to grind into the earth. They wanted their cars in the hands of lifestyle people, not car people. Think the learning channel, the wedding channel, all these mm-hmm. other kinds of mm-hmm. – this is not our usual outlets. And so f- for that reason, not only would they – you know, say we want to push this particular car. We don't want to sell Mustangs right now. We want to push mm-hmm. the – yeah. EcoBoost, whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're Here's trying the to edge. Yeah. They're, they're trying to redirect their sales efforts depending on whatever is the newest model out mm-hmm. and then to new channels to get out there. Which I definitely understand, but still people come to traditional automotive journalists mm-hmm. and I do, I do consider us traditional in some ways, but non traditional in others, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our approach is traditional, but we aren't using it by having a masthead in a big magazine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear your point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, social media, it, it is a thing, obviously. Well, it's, it's expensive and difficult to haul your cars around to convention centers around the U.S. Yeah. And when you yeah. can do a, we're going to make a viral ad campaign, by the way, <laughs> rant now. <laughs> Warning, there's no a warpath. He's on no the warpath. No one has ever sat down and created a viral anything, okay? <laughs> you, you made something and it caught fire and is now a viral video. Fantastic. I remember when there were companies five, ten years ago that were claiming they could make you a viral video. Notice most of those are not around anymore. Why? Because you can't sit down and engineer it. Anyway, I will stop the rant there, but the rant goes on. It does, um, yeah. believe me. So, But the, the, it is expensive to go and do that. Now, a lot of us as car people and even kind of non-car people, I would say kind of peripheral car people. I kind of like cars. We'll go to an auto show just to climb in stuff. I'm buying the new family minivan or I want to look at new trucks and we'll look at all of them. Mm-hmm. That's what those shows are great for, but it is it is an expense and I'm sure somebody has run the numbers. If we run a Facebook ad versus we do a big uh, push out here at all the auto shows, what's going to get us more? They've done those numbers and that's why this kind of dwindles. Mm-hmm. It's a cool question over here from Ant One Leroy asking the best affordable vintage as a daily driver. Ooh. I don't know, Carmen Gears, something like that. I I kid. It's how much do you want to spend on maintenance? Mm-hmm. How hungry is it for maintenance? And are you going to let that dominate yeah. as far yeah, as yeah. your car budget? Because most people's dailies are the toaster. Yeah. It runs, takes you to work, takes you home, goes on the thing you do on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But having a vintage as a daily, ooh, you're putting major miles yeah. on something that is a bit creaky, kind of old, yeah. and yeah. needs a lot of work. And then, well, yeah, the prior owner just spliced the wiring together, so now i got to <laughs> buy the new wiring harness yeah, up front for, sure. for the headlights so they work, so I'm safe. All those kinds of things. I think Chance would defend my commentary here that I think it's the Mustang because there's okay. so many of them that there's tons of parts for whatever one you bought. True. They're true. Legos. Witness chances build. It's true. They're Legos. You can put this part of that one on your old one. And so you can get them cheap. You can maintain them cheap. There's tons of parts. You're not buying a, well, there weren't that many of these. 
So, so I think the Mustang is it. Now, you still like come that. back to the question you're talking about is, what does it need? How often, I loved your term, how hungry is it for maintenance? Yeah. These are big questions. But Chance, that, that Mustang he's slowly building, has been in various stages, I hate to say it, Chance, various stages of disrepair. <laughs> and he yeah. is still many times use it as a daily, even here in cold Utah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think the Mustang is probably the easiest, cheapest entry because it has the best support structure and the cheapest cost because of volume sold. Yeah, and and think SEMA show kinds of cars. Completely. Honestly, it's American cars that are classics. Yeah. Camaros, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, it's Mustangs. But, you know, the stuff that you could pretty much build a vintage car out of new parts you can go it's those kind all, of parts you're right you're it's right those kind of cars i mean yeah for sure yeah you know the, yeah think camaros and yeah ah, pontiacs with uh i don't know gto something like that but yeah, see the, but the the more the more niche GTO? they get the fewer there are the harder it's going to be to get a good one that is cheap and then get parts for it on top of that and the mustangs are ubiquitous that's yeah, the thing true. uh fosh jowler which is one of my favorite uh, instagram handles uh, he said, okay, okay, I know, I know that eight-year-old tires are something I shouldn't be safely driving on. But can I take eight-year-old tiner, tires and drift them until they fall apart? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Ch- Chinese, cheap That's Chinese new tires and eight-year-old tires you don't want to drive and commute on. These, these are designed for drifting into oblivion. Totally. Please go burn those out until they show cords and pop. Please, please do that. <laughs> Love it. All right, a couple of last questions for me. Dale at Evil Tangents asking the best interview car. I thought this was a cool question. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's the car you own. But you could always consider renting something. <laughs> you turroed a car to go to your interview. <laughs> specifically. Look, I, like, I look at this as if, you know, the car you're driving up to, to the dealership, you're going to get judged immediately. Sure you, you just are. Yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I park around the corner and mm-hmm. don't let them see what car I pulled up in because they'll yeah. inevitably say, well, you know, you, I could give you about $25,000 for that thing you just drove or up whatever, in. Or whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. anything like yeah, that. Yeah, make it up, yeah. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> don't judge me based on what if I drive up in a Bentega? Oh, <laughs> clearly you don't need a job. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I do because I toured. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I just tore out this Bentayga <laughs> to drive to, to throw you off. That's really all I did. I'm not saying a bus. I'm not saying take the bus or take public transportation. If you want to, great. If you can, great. But hopefully you could park away from prying eyes so they don't see what you do, so they don't see the car, because let them find out later. Yeah, well, we're car people. We're going to drive something that... That somebody that is not a car person is going to deem as inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's because you're inevitably going to find yourself explaining away the low price you paid for the hot car you drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the disconnect will be there because, wow, that looks like an $80,000 car. No, no, no. no, I paid paid 20. Welcome to Lotus Land right there. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. And you're going to have to explain it away. And, wow. So tell us about your car. (laughs) You don't want that in your interview. Yeah, true. Uh, I have one last one. That's uh, Peace of Life Bugs on Instagram. He's asked this question a couple times. I'm not sure I have a great answer, but I'm I'm pondering it. He's been driving a traditional body-on-frame truck with a low transfer case, with transfer case and low gears and all that kind of stuff. Being able to go from rear-wheel drive to all-wheel drive, or rear-wheel drive to four-wheel drive, he's like, that's kind of awesome. What cars would benefit from that tech? Mm. Now, the reason it's not on cars is because it's extra weight significantly extra weight and typically mm-hmm. beefier running gear and all kinds of stuff that doesn't make a car as good to drive but in a truck you don't care it doesn't matter it's a big heavy truck anyway let's put a transfer case on true there. true having said that i actually wonder about the big boy sedans what if the a8 hmm. or the 7 series or the s class <laughs> it came with a transfer case so it's a rear wheel drive car until you need it to be all wheel drive and then you engage why not those cars are big and huge anyway. Why not add that as a feature? Could you take the transfer case out of the Jeep Cherokee, Grand Cherokee, okay. Trackhawk, Uh-oh. and put that in the Charger? In the, in the Hellcat Charger. There you go. I've got an, uh, it it stands to reason they've got an all-wheel drive when I want Hellcat Charger. Although that's Quadratrack, so that's not a true... That's a SEMA build, my friend. That's what that is. <laughs> I'm frightened. Hmm. If if they can pull that off, interesting. But no, I just thought about an A8. Obviously, is all wheel drive all the time. Yeah, yeah. But what if it was all wheel drive when you needed it to be? It's kind of interesting. You know, actually. why not? 
Yeah, for you'd you know. gain you'd gain some steering feel back otherwise. When, th- when that happens, even on those big trucks, you know your steering feel is much better when it's just a rear wheel drive truck. Right, right. And then when it's four wheel drive, you can bang over everything, but your steering feel is this disaster now. Maybe it's automatic. As soon as November hits, it just switches automatically. <laughs> you dial the date into your nav screen, <laughs> exactly. and it goes to chunk. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it overly complicated unnecessarily. Something else that could break. That's helpful. <laughs> Isn't that Audi's mantra? Sorry, did I say well, that? Well, there's, there's a lot of that in the wow. market as well. All right, backing away. Last question for me from Shane M. How do we know when it's time to let go of a car you love? Love this question. I know what car he's talking about, too. Shane drives a Fiesta ST. Yeah. Which is a car we all love. You know, it depends on the person. And my initial thought was to say as soon as that thought enters your mind, it's time to let it go. But not true, because I I have another friend who's had the 67 Pontiac GTO since he was 15 years old. Mm. It's had multiple engines. Mm. He's commuted in it. He put cruise control on it. It's his drag racer. He's turned it into a track car. (laughs) Sure, He's done street racing with it. I mean, everything. He's blown engines, trying to impress girls, on and on and on. Funny. He's never getting rid of this car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say, what's your budget and your appetite to keep it around? Mm-hmm. That's what it ultimately depends on. If it's, it's great. all right, this is just a money suck right there. We got to get rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. But you know what? If I've planned and I can actually hang on to it and I never want to get rid of it, fine. And if you're driving, and I don't know Shane's situation here, but if you're driving, if you're only going to have one car at a time and you've reached the place with your current car where you're like, I could move on. I think, Shane, that's the place which you can start looking because I'm going to say something that, I, that Paul and I've talked about before. Mm. There is nothing wrong with getting rid of a car you still love. No? There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's very easy because you love your car to be like, well, I'll get rid of it when I don't like it anymore. I've gotten rid of cars I, I still liked. I, I, have, I mean, that FRS, I would still have that. But yeah. it, I wanted to move on to a new experience. I had the ability to do so, which means that car had to go. It's, it's a matter of finding where's the convergence of my budget will allow me to make a jump right now mixed with the fact that you are at least okay with the car trading out. It's like you have to give yourself permission to do that because you're right. It's the typical thinking we're all kind of in. Well, I have to dislike the car to get rid of it. No. Who says, where is that written? No, not at all. Not at all. Like it. Guys, thank you so much for consuming the podcast, sharing the podcast. I am seeing IMDb ratings. Thank you for writing the show ratings on IMDb. That is really helpful. We appreciate that. And keep rating and reviewing this podcast and sharing it with other car enthusiasts and people who you think just need a push over the edge. We love sure, having sure. you we as the car those emails too, yeah. And thank you for hanging on as we get through this Apple switch over the iTunes, all the madness going on. All the on. madness, yep. Appreciate it. Thanks for finding it elsewhere. And we're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.